Welcome to Bible Q&A, a monthly discussion with Luther Seminary faculty about everything you wanted to know about the Bible but were afraid to ask. I'm Cameron Howard. And I'm Eric Breda. And joining us today is Matt Skinner, who teaches New Testament here at Luther Seminary. Welcome back, Matt. Thanks. Good to be back. Thanks for joining us, and thanks for this essay. We're starting a, a series of of articles and podcasts on what the Bible has to do with ethics and everyday life. So this is a really good place for us to start, um, Matt. And you pick a passage that probably isn't the first place that most of us will think about going. Tell us about the passage and why you picked it and why you think it's important to start here in particular. Well, maybe maybe it's not important to start here, but it's it's a fun place to start. It's a, because it's such a strange passage, mm-hmm. and what makes the passage strange is, as the article says, there's disagreement. It appears about what Paul should do, and both groups are making appeals in some way through the Spirit. And so what that means is really interesting because we expect the Holy Spirit to always be consistent. And if you're paying attention to the Spirit, we will all hear the same message. And if we're not hearing the same thing, we tend to beat ourselves up and think, well, I'm listening to the Spirit better than they are, or we're not doing a good enough job, or I wish the Spirit would speak more loudly. And so this is just a weird text that the first time I, I still remember the first time I ever read it and thought, that's odd. And then I read a few commentaries. We're supposed to agree. The Holy Spirit. And <laughs> then I read a few commentaries, and the commentaries all say basically, "That's odd." <laughs> so nobody. It's a so it's a strange passage, yeah. and I wouldn't want to build a whole kind of theology or way of thinking around decision making on just this passage. But like I say, it's a helpful passage to go to when we're worried about disagreement and mm-hmm. when we're wondering that unity yeah. must mean that we're all hearing the same thing or that we're not spiritual people if we don't agree. This yeah. is a passage that just says, this is hard work, and we hear the Spirit speak differently. And that's not necessarily a fault or a problem of being human. That might be how the Spirit works. Mm-hmm. The Spirit might lead different groups to different conclusions for all sorts of reasons. Well, in our deeply polarized world these days, politically, religiously, denominationally, uh, there's a lot of hope, or at least the glimmer of hope to me, um, in the idea that the Spirit could be present in all sides of a particular mm-hmm. debate. But that, of course, raises the question of how do we start to parse that? How do we start to think about when the Holy Spirit is present and when when are we just working on our own whims? And whose side is the Spirit on, anyway, which <laughs> is a question we're not supposed to ask, but it, it quickly, I think, comes up. It raises questions of who is God and how does God work. It raises questions of how do we know when God is leading. And I think, you know, Acts makes it sound easy sometimes because Acts seems to suggest in places, the book of Acts says, as if everybody was able to discern the Spirit in a particular moment. And and it was like, oh, that's easy. Now we know we should turn left instead of turning right. Right. In my experience, it, it never or rarely works like that. And so I think we need space from a decision or from a discussion sometimes to recognize where the Spirit might have been mm-hmm. present. I get worried when people tell me, I know right now that the Holy Spirit says this is the right thing for us to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how you get that confidence and it feels kind of cavalier to toss the Spirit's name around or authority around like that. But 10 years after a big decision in a congregation or in an individual's life, you might say, you know, I think God was present in that in some ways. I'm only now just beginning to see yeah. I see that. I'd rather talk about the Spirit in a more retrospective way. It doesn't mean you don't make decisions, but you make decisions saying, I think this is where God might be leading right now, and God help us if we're wrong, but we're going to be open to leadership from God, and we're going to be open to the fact that we might disagree, and that might train our own vision or orient our own perspectives to see different sides of of an issue, and, and how might we make sure that we're not oppressing people in the process or overlooking the rights or the 
the good ideas or the dignity of certain people. Yeah. Uh, was, this made me, what you were saying, Matt, made me think about Act 16, because I always think about Act 16. But the, at the, be- <laughs> the beginning there, um, they're headed towards Macedonia. It says that um, the spirit prevented them from going to different places. And I'm struck as you were talking that it maybe wasn't, you know, the Holy Spirit descending and putting a big stop sign on the road telling them to stop. That behind that conclusion may have been days and days of argumentation among Paul and, and the people he was traveling with. That it may not have been so simple as the Holy Spirit comes out and tells them. That maybe 21 then, this passage gives, a, gives us a glimpse of how complicated these things actually are. And that act sometimes is retrospective and makes it seem so obvious in retrospect. And maybe 21 then isn't all that strange because it's a lot truer to the way that our conversations actually go. I think so. Well, even prior to 16, there was a disagreement about who should go on this trip. And yeah. the, and the, yeah. the missionary party splits up right. because they can't agree. Um, yeah. And so there is a sense that that this is never easy. Yeah. Uh, and so when we worry today, oh, there's so many decisions to make. Oh, we're so you know, fragmented or not unified enough, it's never been easy. It does, though, make me so uncomfortable when I think about things that I think I know are right and things that I know are wrong, right? Where is sort of right and wrong? And surely the Holy Spirit is not um, wishy-washy about things like justice or suffering or oppression. Um, But then again, not every instances of suffering, it's not always clear cut um, who's responsible for that suffering. And so I can appreciate then the way that thinking about the Holy Spirit's presence in those deliberations helps us highlight the complexity of so many problems. I think on this very podcast, when we've tackled some tough issues, mm-hmm. we've talked about how, you know, responsibility doesn't always clearly lie with one party. If we're talking about environmental degradation or, you know, um, or something like that, that it's, uh, it, it helps us see that, um, things aren't just black and white, um, and that the Holy Spirit can be in all of those shades of gray. And you were sharing a quote with us before the podcast that maybe you can share again from Harry Potter, which actually... Oh, yeah. There there must be some nerds that listen to us. Yeah, so in book five, The Order of the Phoenix, um, when Sirius Black says that the world is not divided into death eaters, and I think he says an order members, that is the Order of the Phoenix, the sort of heroes who are fighting against Voldemort. But that, yeah, that there are a lot of people um, in the middle trying to do the right thing Mm -hmm. um, day in and day out. Yeah. Well, and addressing injustices isn't just as simple as doing away with the perpetrators, mm, mm-hmm. as if it was so simple to wave, you know, right. and say, well, you know, whatever the issue is that's harming others, we're just going to get rid of that thing. Well, you've got people who whose jobs are at stake, whose own you know, well-being is at stake. I mean, you just can't simply. And so maybe the spirit could be on the side of justice, but is always leading different groups to see, okay, what does that look like for group A or for group B or for group C? Justice is going to look different for each of these groups. And so it's less about choosing the right decision or the wrong decision if there's only one right decision and everything else is wrong, but it's how do we make sure that in the process we're tending to what we believe God has called us to do? Because maybe the people in Tyre just think, well, Paul's needed and we want Paul to live, not because God has chosen him to be some kind of hero, but He's good for the church. And Paul's saying, maybe God has called me to go and suffer now in this moment. And I mean, there's a way in which that they both might be concerned about different things mm-hmm. and, and the Spirit might have laid upon them particular kinds of things that all have the well-being 
of the church or the spread of the gospel or the, the, the unity of communities in mind. And so they actually embody that at the end, even though it's not mentioned that the Spirit told them to go to the beach. They all go to the beach and they pray together, you know, and the whole, mm-hmm. everybody's there and there's no hard feelings. Nobody throws rocks at Paul for not listening to them or excommunicates him or says, you know, we're done, we're not out of fellowship. And then they just go about their own business. The people of Tyre go back to whatever they were doing before Paul got there. And Paul gets on a ship and continues to sail south. And But they're not in disunity, are they, at that moment? Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're in disagreement, but right. they're in a kind of unity of purpose, or at least in a willingness to say, you go and, and do what you think is right yeah. in the midst of this, and I'll, maybe I'll see you on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out later. Sounds to me like then the Holy Spirit is there in good processes. And uh, maybe I, <laughs> here Matt and I are Presbyterians, <laughs> so and we Presbyterian. like to do things decently <laughs> and in order. Presbyterians do. Um, but, I mean, there's something to that. I think that um, in a way that allows multiple voices to speak, that one side is not sort of dominating the mm-hmm. other, but acknowledging the Holy Spirit's presence um, in multiple angles mm-hmm. then um, makes room for everyone to have, uh, and, and makes it important for everyone to have an opportunity uh, to speak and to be heard and to listen. And in that, we might, we might see some of these key values emerge that we need in conversations like this. So you trust each other. You trust that God is actually speaking to people who disagree with you, that the Spirit is working in their lives. Uh, you uh, believe that you could be wrong, which might be a really critical first step in having these conversations, is that even as you enter them, you might be transformed, you might be changed by people you think are really, really wrong. They might actually show you that you, you're actually in the wrong place. And that God is present in those moments, yeah. that the discipleship isn't navigating a maze that has only one exit, which mm-hmm. is where God is waiting uh, for you. But discipleship yeah. is the process of being with a God who is in these moments, who is in these arguments, who is there on the beach, who is in the perspective of a neighbor that you just can't see, that you just don't mm-hmm. agree with. Mm-hmm. And so the process isn't, how do we design a process that makes sure we don't make mistakes? It's how do we design a process that might actually introduce us or keep our eyes trained on where God is present mm-hmm. in our midst and our disagreement. Because it's unavoidable that we're going to make mistakes. That we're, the things that we say today, are pro- we're probably going to look back on. And something that we say today, we're going to look back on and say, I can't believe I used to think that, or I can't believe I used to say that. And the question is, how is God still moving in the midst of that? Well, that's the lesson of church history, right? If we're yeah. going to, I mean, <laughs> there are plenty of big decisions that have been made in the last 2,000 years I w- wish had not been made <laughs> or had not been you know, had yeah. not persisted. And so the church has always been in the process of correcting things and trying to live into a new future. And so, yeah, there's, there's not an all's well that ends well ethic or theology here at all, I don't think. No. But one that's constantly revising and saying, what if we were wrong? Or what if the situation has changed and now demands a new thing from us in order to to live justly or to um, to serve our neighbor? Yeah. It means that prayer and worship at church council meetings is not time wasted. Right? Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, not yeah, always yeah. to get down to business, but to have time to feel the presence of the Spirit mm-hmm. together. Yeah, that may be the most important business element of the, that meeting at yeah. all. Well, thanks, Matt, for your article and for the conversation. I think this will be a really helpful start for us. Thank you for joining us for Bible Q&A. You can find more information at enterthebible.org. Join us again.